live from the Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. I even brought people to cheer today. I just what what's going on back there? <laughs> oh, good old Sally. Thank you, Sally. Thanks for coming down. You cheered and you hit the wrong button. You were so excited. Anyway, people in TV land or webcast land, welcome to Top of the Food Chain on the Vegas Video Network. I am your host, Al Mancini. Much like tapas, I am something to be enjoyed best in very small portions, and it's really great if you share me with your friends. And you can take that any way you want to, ladies. <laughs> anyway, you're here at the Vegas Video Network, home of all the greatest Las Vegas programming. We've got shows about gambling. We have shows about real estate. We have shows where people talk dirty. There's a guy that golfs. There's all kinds of stuff. You can find it all at VegasVideoNetwork.com. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. We are on Roku, live stream. You can listen to us. This just gets to be more and more of the show every week, saying where we are. KSHP, 1400 AM, runs most of the programming every Friday night, tape delayed. That's why I'm not allowed to say the bad words anymore, because they'd have to edit them out for radio. So bleep, 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 you bleepers. OK, what else do we have to tell you? Hopefully you're watching live. Um, I've got a great guest here, Nana Manchev from Forte. We're going to be talking tapas. And if we have the time, we're also going to be talking about Eastern European and Bulgarian cuisine. But we're going to start with tapas. If you have questions about any of that, get in the live chat right now. And register up, and you can chat live with me, or more importantly, Nina, because she is smarter and much prettier than I am. Um, if you have a question for a future show, that would just be for me and for future guests to be announced, because I don't plan ahead like I'm supposed to, you can email that. That's food at vegasvideonetwork.com. Or you can dial us up, 866 966 4599. I keep asking for people to call and leave a dirty message, and nobody does. It's really depressing. Do they leave them for anybody over there, Jacob? Uh, just a few. Just a few? Well, can we do a show where we just play the dirty messages one time? Okay, it'll be cool. You'll have to edit it for radio, but I'll just come in and do a show just about talking dirty, and I'll bring in good food to talk dirty with. Okay, in the meantime, I want to thank once again, man, we have one of the greatest sponsors in Las Vegas, Bread and Butter, Chris Heron's restaurant over there on Eastern Avenue, just this side of Anthem. Um, great place to go for breakfast, pastries. The man used to be the pastry chef at Bouchon, so you know he has to be good. If you go during lunchtime, once again, I think I may have recommended it in the past, but I have to say again, the roast beef, or, yeah, not the roast beef, what is the barbecue, the barbecue beef sandwich on the pretzel roll. That, that is amazing. And um, I'm acting like I know the place, and I misstate the names of their dishes. Oh, one of those days. Haven't even hit the booze yet. Oh, well. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Anyway, Chris, everyone at Bread and Butter, great, great restaurant. One of the great chefs in town that's moved off the strip and is doing something small and cool. Much like my guest today, although you didn't start on the strip, you you worked on the strip a little bit, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I worked a little bit, and uh, the Hard Rock was my was my beginnings on yes. the strip. So, and I thought that was one of the best places to start. 
because I saw a lot of people like you over there. Well, then, then that's why she left. <laughs> and that's understandable. So anyway, I would normally say hello to Scott, but there is no Scott. Scott, what happened? We have no Scott. Oh, sorry. We You've have got the Sally. wonderful me instead. Sally. I'm better looking than Scott. Thank you. You are much better looking than Scott. <laughs> um, that's not hard. You're actually good looking in your own right. I would not even have to say better looking than Scott because that's not even a compliment. That's just saying, never mind. He still controls this network, doesn't he? <laughs> Sally, how are you? How was your Valentine's Day? Uh, my Valentine's Day was very nice. I was set outside in the parking lot on the telephone, and I saw someone having flowers delivered to my office. And lo and behold, when I walked in, they were up to me from Jacob. Can you believe that? That is wonderful. He is a roman romantic guy. He is. Quite blessing. romantical. What's the word? Um, how about you, Nana? Good Valentine's Day? Um, I had a wonderful Valentine's Day. What about yourself? Oh, what did you do? Pray um, tell. I mean, not the dirty well, parts, just the stuff well, that's fit for radio. I, I, I got dirty in the kitchen, got dirty in the dining room. But no, we had a, we had a very nice affair at Forte and uh, a special menu set up for all the lovebirds coming in or all the other people who people having an affair. are celebrating <laughs> their, their single... Single Awareness Day, I guess. Do you do any specials for the losers that can't get dates on Valentine's Day? Um, a lot of alcohol to numb the pain. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's nice of you. <laughs> it is kind. It should be coming alone, you get extra booze. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? um, I actually went to see a great show. Seriously, if anybody gets the chance, Frankie Moreno um, over at the Stratosphere. And whenever I say Frankie Moreno, people think I'm talking about Frank Marino, yeah. the female impersonator. No, this is... No, there's a difference. Yeah, Fr Frankie Moreno is at the Stratosphere. It does an incredible show. First time I've seen him. But he did this great thing for Valentine's Day. They had a um, kind of a dinner theater type situation. And you went and you hung out in the theater. And Chef um, Rick Giffen, who's a great chef over there, he runs Top of the World at the top of the Stratosphere, he put together this four-course romantic tasting menu, things shaped like hearts, and it was very nice. And while you ate dinner, you got to watch Casablanca, one of the most romantic movies of That's all time. Nice. And then as soon as that was over, then Frankie came out and did a full show for Valentine's Day. And it was just a really, really cool way. I don't usually go out on Valentine's Day, but it was a lot of fun. That sounds very romantic and creative, I guess, at the yeah. same time. So I want to thank everybody at the Stratosphere for that. That was really cool. Um, okay, well, we're going to start talking about tapas and perhaps Bulgarian food. We're going to start drinking some Bulgarian Booze, though. We're not waiting to get to that. We start with okay. booze first here on the show. We'll do that right after one of these quick messages. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And welcome back to the Vegas Video Network. I am your host, Al Mancini. One more time, back at you. And we are talking, um, we're talking tapas today. We're going to start with that with the, the great Nina Manchev, one of my favorite restaurateurs here in town. Thank you. You, um, you run Forte. Yes. Um, Forte, what do we call it? Forte European Tapas and Bar. What's the full name? It's, it's a novel of a name. Uh, Forte European Tapas Bar and Bistro. Okay, so a little bit of everything. Yes. And we're going to talk about whether or not you bastardize the term tapas because that is one of my pet peeves. I don't think you really do. I Some don't think I do. Some people might complain about it. 
but, okay. but we'll get into that in just a second. But yeah, Forte is uh, featured, of course, in my book, Eating Las Vegas, The 50 Essential Restaurants. And that's just cool. Yeah, I'm because very, got, very I, proud of that. I'm very, very proud that we get to write about great places off the strip. I mean, that's the thing, everybody, not to plug the book, but buy a copy. <laughs> no, not to plug the book, but um, I'm really happy that 15 of our 50 essential restaurants are off the strip. And yours is certainly not a strip restaurant. It's a really cool... It's a strip mall restaurant. It's a strip mall <laughs> restaurant. And, you know, there's a UMC Quick Care in there if yeah. you get sick or you stub Lee's, your toe. Lee's Liquor. Lee's Discount Liquor. So on your way but home, massage. you can pick up some more... I didn't know about the yeah, foot massage. massage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, over on Rainbow and great restaurant. I, I'm getting a foot massage next time. You should organize a foot massage night. That's what we should do. Tapas and foot massage. And maybe some Lee's Liquor can come there in and sponsor. Go. There too. you go. We can have a good time. Vegas then, Fino. And then we'll end up at UMC Quick Care for some <laughs> reason, I'm sure. I hope not. Well, it's a great restaurant. It's got a very city vibe to it. Um, you know, it reminds me of places in downtown Brooklyn when I used to live there, or even in the East Village. You're an artist, so your art is all over the walls. Yeah. There's one wall that kind of looks like a big phallic wall. I don't know what you were thinking when you painted that Oh, the one. big mural? Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be the, you know, we have the one uh, painting of the bull with the five legs, and it's supposed to be its head. But Okay, um, it kind of looked more it's, like it's the part of the bull by, that no, my friend served at an uh, Oval dinner the other it's, night. It's kind of up for interpretation, I guess. Yeah. But no, it's, it's got a really cool vibe. Um, very hip and trendy, uh, very, you know, but you're, you're making it a little classier these days. You know, you've installed a nice wine cellar, and you're making, I don't know, it's getting it's too still, nice for me. No, it's sure. still, still keeping it rustic. I mean, we have the bricks up there. We have the wooden door. It kind of resembles something that you'd find probably in the eastern part of Bulgaria in, in someone's, you know, private wine cellar or something of that sort. It's not fancy by any means, but... right. A little bit newer than the thrift store tables, I guess. That we yeah, you used to have thrift store tables, and it was great. I loved that. Just trying um, to throw everyone off. Once when I in first a while. went there, it just kind of looked like the place that you'd be in the movie Hostel before they kidnapped <laughs> you and sold you into to yeah, slavery. And I, I read one time someone compared it to Eastern Promises too, so that was I thought that was interesting. Well, so, so the restaurant for people who haven't been there, it's a tapas restaurant. At first, it's a tapas restaurant, and then you turn to the next page of the menu, kind of, and mm -hmm. it's an Eastern European restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it sort of has a split personality. Mm -hmm. And I want to like talk, me. like you, mm -hmm. do you? Mm -hmm. How many person? How many people you got going Maybe inside? Maybe like six or seven on a good day. Okay. So. <laughs> well, the tapas is what I want to start talking mm -hmm. about. Um, tapas is a word that has really been bastardized by Americans. Mm -hmm. And it is traditionally... And you correct me if I'm wrong, because you've traveled throughout Spain pretty mm -hmm. extensively. But tapas is a Spanish tradition. So nothing should really be called tapas if it's not Spanish food. Am I wrong? No, I, I, think, you're, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, um, I think now it's, it's starting to, the, the definition is starting to blur a little bit. But definitely the word tapas and, and that you know, style of, of dining and the specific dishes are Spanish. But um, what I fell in love with about tapas is the food itself as well as the, the tapas experience, the, the culture of the dining experience, um, where your food or your dining is not centered around one specific plate but a combination of, of many different plates, and you get to talk with your friends and drink, and it's just a little bit more of a celebratory process. Let's go back to the tradition of it, mm -hmm. because I was first introduced to tapas um, when it was getting trendy in New York mm -hmm. in the late 90s. And then I went to Spain, mm -hmm. and I experienced a lot of different versions of tapas when I was in Spain. Uh, but 
a lot of it was a little disappointing to people that are used to this American concept of you sit around, you order a lot of food, and you eat. A lot of tapas, I've discovered when I was in Spain, at least in Madrid, was, yeah, you ordered a drink and they gave you some kind of snack. Yeah. Almost like, don't get too drunk, here's something to fill your Absolutely. belly with. Right? Absolutely. And, and that is the, the tradition. It's really to have something to eat while you drink. Mm -hmm. Correct? Absolutely. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the stories talks about um, Alfonso X and, and his uh, doctor recommending for him to cure his ailments to have several meals during the day that's accompanied by a drink. So he kind of created that tradition of tapas. And then there's another one where, you know, people in the taverns who are drinking wine and they put something on top of the wine to keep something out keep of the, the bugs wine. Out. Keep, keep the, the bugs out. Keep the flies out. So, I mean, that's, well, that's, that's a whole other, you know, argument in itself. Well, the word, the, tapa, the, the word tapa does mean to cover, to place over. I don't speak any other languages, so I could be completely wrong. Yeah. It could mean, but I thought it meant to, to, to cover something. It, it does. The, I think the, the word tapa is, is a derivative of... of the word for, for the cover. Right. So, it, yeah, so there was, you'd get your little snack and you'd put it, oh, speaking of booze, yeah. we're going to have some booze. Okay. But um, they continued. So you'd put your, you'd put your um, booze right over, I can't open this. There's a little foil. You do that. You're a professional. So you would put the booze right over, um, or you put the food right over the booze and then the flies wouldn't be able to get into the wine. Mind? And no, pull out the knife. Check this out. This, this lady comes prepared. I got my knife. I got to love that. She's got a big giant hunting knife. Um, so that, that is the tradition of tapas, and it was not some place, at least when I was in Spain, it wasn't a place that you would go for a meal. It was stuff they served while you were at the bar. So if you're going to a tapas restaurant and you're not drinking, then you're in trouble because it's supposed to be there to accompany the, the food, or the booze. Food plus booze mm -hmm. equals tapas. When I was also in Spain, I found that, and again, you've traveled throughout Spain, a lot of bars only had one dish. They would have their tapas. So, you know, and friends of mine who traveled throughout Madrid would say, you know, you kind of go along from bar to bar collecting tapas if you want a meal. So you get your, your shrimp is the one thing that they make at, at this bar. And then you walk to the bar next door and they only have, you know, the, the ham or something like that. Did you experience it that way as well? Um, I, didn't, I didn't experience that when I went to Spain. I, I spent a little time in Barcelona. And our experience was, you know, doing the, the bar hopping, but we stayed a little bit more in each place and had, you know, a couple different um, tapas and then went to the next place. And then every particular place, you know, had, you know, their specialty. If it was by, by, the, by the water, it was more of the seafood. So we tried a lot of different things. And it's, by the end of the night, you're, you're, you're just full and you haven't sat down for a complete meal. Right. And, and that is the beauty of it, and you're sharing things, you know, with friends. And that's what happened. It kind of came to America, mm -hmm. and then people came up, at least here. I, I know there are places like this in Spain as well, but what we really seemed to adopt in America was this idea of small plates, mm -hmm. small planet, Spanish dishes where you go with a group of friends, and you get a group of, you know, of small dishes, and everybody takes one, you know, one off each dish, right. and you chat with your friends, and you're not having this formal dining experience. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely what tapas became when it came to America in the 90s, we, um, we saw it here in Las Vegas when Firefly opened first. Correct. And then we've seen it in restaurants like Julian Serrano, um, Jose Andres's restaurant, Haleo, mm -hmm. um, your restaurant. And that's more of, it's a restaurant primarily rather than Correct. it being a bar primarily. Yeah. Then what happened was anybody that served small plates, no matter where they were invented, started calling it tapas. Mm -hmm. That's where I have a problem with it. Me too. And... You know, one of the things I, I, I 
personally do like to pride myself on it. I think we do do um, uh, traditional Spanish tapas. And the tapas that we do are very simple but very tasty. And I use very good Spanish ingredients just because I've been working with a Spanish company for about the past seven years. So we're well versed on the different products. And I've tried an extensive amount of them. We do have the jamón serrano. We have the different chorizos and the different cheeses and um, just the different accoutrements that go along with the, with the dining. But so when you see a restaurant that says Japanese tapas, mm -hmm. which there's one not too far from your restaurant, yeah, I've seen and it's, it's actually a great restaurant. I mm -hmm. like it, and I won't say its name to embarrass it, but that just makes me want to go in there and pull a knife on somebody. I mean, there's no such thing as Japanese tapas. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as world tapas. Yeah. It, say small plates if you want small plates. My, my good friend Hubert Keller mm -hmm. at Fleur at Mandalay Bay, he does what some people would call world tapas, but he calls it small plates. He doesn't use the word exactly. tapas because he doesn't want to bastardize the language. Exactly. So you're with me. That's not bastardized no, language. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, it would be the same thing as uh, calling it American dim sum or yeah. something like that. I mean, every, every culture has their own version of tapas, but it's a different name. In Eastern Europe, we have mazet. But it's, it's essentially the same concept of the conversational dining experience in the smaller plates. Normally, I think a good tapas restaurant should have a couple things. You should have sangria. That's mm -hmm. a pretty traditional beverage to drink with tapas. Absolutely. Sherry is very popular for drinking with tapas mm -hmm. as well, right? And what else do you, is traditional to, to coincide with that type of dining? Anything else? Um, any nice wines. Um, we, we do uh, calimoche also, which is a popular Spanish drink with uh, Coke and red wine. Um, Coke and red wine. Yeah. I've never had that. It's equal parts uh, red wine and Coca-Cola. It's uh, very nice. Uh, use good red flavor. wine or cheap red wine with that? It, it depends on you. We, we use nice red wine for it just because I don't have cheap red wine. I just think that winemakers would be mad. <laughs> good winemakers. I know. I think, I think traditionally it's, you know, more to use with, you know, the less expensive red wine to kind of cover up the taste. Same, same with the way sangria originated. You use your old wine and combine it with the fruits and right. have a whole new drink. Well, and what's that called again? Calimocho. Calimocho. Mm -hmm. If I were to go into a, if I, do you think if I were to walk into a Julian Serrano or a Jose Andres's restaurant and I asked for a calimocho, they would know what I was talking about? Yeah, I think so. Um, one of the good ones I tried at uh, Jose Andres's was uh, the, they do a clara, which is uh, a lemonade with beer. And I think I believe his is a, a rosemary lemonade with beer, which I thought was tasty. But that's another traditional uh, really? Spanish beverage. I know some of the bartenders over there mm -hmm. had to chat with them about that. Yep. Um, okay. We now first we don't have a traditional Spanish beverage here, but we no. do have a tradition of drinking whatever the guest brings. So mm -hmm. tell us what you brought, and let's pour some, please. Well, this is this is a, a Bulgarian grape brandy, but I mean brandy is you know kind of uh, popular throughout Europe in general as well as in Spain. Um, but uh, this is kind of, you know, one of the, the private labels uh, called Geshef. Um, Geshef is actually my great-grandfather, and he was a connoisseur of different beverages and uh, just the finer things in life. And so, so this is your family's own label? Yes. And can you buy this here in the U.S.? Not yet. Okay. But coming soon. Okay, now when we try the grape, once we try the, the Geshev grape brandy, then I want to get into some of the more traditional tapas, because there are probably a good several dozen things that you'll see over and over again Absolutely. in most tapas restaurants. But first, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for bringing the beverage. Thank you for having me.
Wow, that's got a kick to it. Nice. And this is something you eat, you know, the Bulgarians, what we do especially is that we eat throughout the meal. So it's not, um, sometimes other cultures, uh, you know, they don't eat during their meal. They Or they you don't drink. drink. I was going to say, because yeah. I have always eaten throughout <laughs> my meals. They don't, they don't drink. <laughs> How uh, much of this did you have before we got here? Um, oh, I don't remember she was anymore. Here an hour, I heard. Yes, so. <laughs> it was a long drive over here, just kidding. Um, oh, you're yeah. just chugging it while you were driving. No, right? I don't do that. We don't condone So you drink throughout the meal? Yes. Traditionally in Bulgaria. Yes. Now we're not talking this about is, Spain right now. Yeah, this is something we, we start off with uh, the salads usually. It's very similar to, um, to me to a grappa, mm -hmm. an Italian grappa. Absolutely. You know? So, of course, coming from the grapes, grappa comes from grape skins. So, not that surprising. Absolutely. See? Um, okay, now, some of the more traditional tapas that people can almost expect to find anywhere when they're in a tapas restaurant. Um, what comes to your mind? Um, right off the bat, patatas bravas is one of the ones that usually comes up. Um, and that's a potato dish? Yeah, that's the, the spicy Spanish potatoes usually with uh, some kind of alioli or, you know, some kind of a spicier sauce. Yeah, so patatas bravas, definitely, mm -hmm. you'll see it everywhere. They do a nice one. I know for a fact Julian Serrano does a very good version oh, of yeah. that. And you do it as well? Uh, we do it once in a while now for specials. We used to do it, but not, not so much anymore. Okay. What else? Um, paella. I know that one off the bat is really, really popular. Um, tortilla, which is the Spanish um, Spanish potato omelet, mm -hmm. I think is very popular. Any of the different charcuterie is usually offered, or the cheeses. Right, and, and the, the Spanish love cheese. Mm -hmm. Ham and cheese, that Absolutely. is like, I mean, you know, when I was in Spain, every restaurant I went to, it was like, went the jamón? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they just, they love ham, they love cheese in Spain. Um, a lot of times... It'll be, you know, they have some of the best pigs and some of the best ham Absolutely. in the world mm -hmm. that originates in Spain. Iberico, of course, the most expensive. Yeah. If you're going to deal with Iberico ham, the, the most expensive, um, the black-footed ham, mm -hmm. pata negra, yep. which is a type of Iberico ham. People, if you see this on a menu, get out your American Express black card because you are going to go broke trying to eat it. But it is a black-footed pig raised in Spain that is fed exclusively acorns. Yep. And it makes some of the absolute best ham on the planet. Yeah. But there's also, um, what other good hams? Um, Ramon Serrano, which Serrano's, is right. you know, similar to that. That's also very good. Um, but yeah, the, the Iberico pig is, is the top prized, I guess. And, uh, just and because But of the, the Serrano way. is probably about half the price of the Iberico, yeah. and it's still pretty damn good unless mm -hmm. you're some kind of serious pig aficionado, unless exactly. you really know your ham. Um, hey, did we have a question over there, Jacob? Actually, it's Sally, and we Sally. sure do. Oh, um, you're going to be given the question. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Kelly would like to know, for a first-time tapas eater, what would Nina recommend? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, first-time tapas eat, eater, it depends uh, where you go, but I definitely would recommend patatas bravas and the tortilla were some of the dishes that I ate a lot when I was in Spain. Um, albondigas. Albondigas. That's uh, another one also. Everybody loves albondigas. And I mean, to put it simply, albondigas are meatballs. Mm -hmm. They're Spanish meatballs. I should point out, if you're ordering albondigas, they're different than Mexican albondigas. Absolutely. Spanish albondigas or tapas albondigas are not in a soup. Basically, if you're in Mexico and you order albondigas, it's a meatball soup. Yeah. If you order albondigas in a Spanish restaurant, a tapas restaurant, they're just going to be meatballs, usually mm -hmm. with a little toothpick and some kind of nice sauce on it. Um, 
bend, let me make sure I get this right because it's good brandy. In the Mexican albondigas, the meatballs actually have rice in them, but the Spanish do not put rice generally in their albondigas, no. right? So yeah, so there is a difference, but it's great. It, look, they're little party meatballs. I mean, if you're trying tapas for the first time, unless you're a vegetarian, you're going to like albondigas. Yeah. I think. And you fry yours, though, don't you? Well, yeah, when we did them, they were, they were fried. Mm -hmm. They were fried meatballs. Oh, you're not doing them right now? No, we do them on specials. See, this is the beauty. I just walk in restaurants and order things. I don't even look yeah. at the menu, so I never know what the normal people get to yeah. eat out there. But if, if you do have a chance to go somewhere where they serve the secreto, that's also something that I would recommend. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that, and that's and a that cut is? of meat that comes from the Iberico ham. Okay. And it's, uh, it's a very small amount that comes, and it's more like the, the butcher's cut of the meat, but just so tender. And, just and say that one more time. Secreto. Secreto. Mm -hmm. Another question, Sally. Are there any fish-based tapas that you could recommend? Um, well, well, garlic shrimp is a fairly... The garlic one. shrimp. Any, I don't know if she considered whoever, if they consider shrimp fish, but from yeah. seafood, garlic shrimp is very common. Bocarones are also very popular dish in, in Spain, the anchovies. Oh, yeah, uh, white nice anchovies. white anchovies, which when Americans are used to anchovies, they just think of those fillets that have been sitting in salt the whole time. Yeah. But, uh, but real, true white Spanish anchovies are completely different. They're not ridiculously salty. Exactly. Um, yeah, absolutely. Very I, I, tender and, and delicate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most places, you, know, you put English translations, right? Yeah. People don't have to worry that they have to be able to speak Spanish. Um. Uh, Sometimes, but for the most part, I like to I like to put the name how it truly is, and if people have questions on it, then you know we'll help them okay. to translate. But. Sure, be rough like that. No, actually, some, I can't pronounce anything on your Bulgarian menu. That's okay. It's like, I have no idea. I just point. I go, where do I get the bread boat? You know, <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. what everybody the bread boat. That's right. all they know it by. So, um, so yeah, um, I think what else did I want to ask about tapas? We, we've talked about what you should drink with it. We've mm -hmm. talked about how you should eat it. Sharing, of course, is really the, the main goal when you're, when you're eating tapas, right? Absolutely. And um, I, know, I know in Spain, for most part, or from things that I've learned from people I've talked to, um, most people don't really eat a lot at home or entertain at home. They usually meet at a tapas bar or a restaurant and see their friends or... People generally people eat, there. eat dinner very late in Spain. Exactly. And that's kind of the reason... For tapas mm -hmm. is because you get off work at five o'clock and you may not be having dinner until ten o'clock, mm -hmm. and so you kind of go out and you just snack a little bit yeah. and drink. Yeah. But you don't want to be too wasted to remember your dinner, so you have to have snacks with it. Yeah, you go have a couple snacks, have a couple drinks, and you go home and you have you know your your bigger dinner with your family or whoever is at your house. We were also talking about just dishes to recommend. Um, I don't know if it would generally truly be considered tapas, but I posted a picture of this incredible dish. My absolute favorite go-to comfort food is now at um, Julian Serrano. It's huevos estrelados. Okay. Have you had that? No, I haven't. Oh, man. People, just picture some great shoestring French fries you start off with, and then you fry some eggs and slap them on top. And I've, then I've heard of that dish. Mixed but... in, you've got a bunch of real Spanish chorizo. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, that is, it's just amazing. It's, the, it's just so comforting and warm, and it's nice spicy sausage and fried eggs and, and French fries, huevos estrelados. You can get that at Julian Serrano. It is honestly my go-to dish if I'm anywhere near the Strip these days. Well, see, yeah, the, Julian Serrano has definitely, you know, been one of my, um, I guess, role models, and I really admire the work he does, and I love his restaurant, and I think uh, the tapas that he's doing are, are just really amazing and you taste the freshness and the quality of the food so and that's what we're trying to do on the 
on the west side of Las it, Vegas. It is a cuisine that is almost defined more by the quality of the ingredients than by the fanciness of the preparation. Absolutely. I mean, you're more there about having really quality ingredients. Because it's, it's very simple food, and if you're using ingredients that, that aren't very good, then it's not, they're, they're not going to stand out. Every ingredient, I think, has to stand out by itself because of the simplicity of the dish. Because a lot of it is just, you know, sometimes if you have the, the pinchos or the, or the tapas served over the bread, it's just a chorizo or it's just a type of cheese or, um, or a Russian salad sometimes they do. And if you're using bad ingredients, then yeah, the dish then you're basically saying, all I've, very good. all I've got is some cheese and some bread. Exactly. A little bit of tomato on Even there the bread matters. Good. Everything matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, also, stuffed piquillo peppers. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another great topic mm -hmm. to have. Now we're just naming food at this point. Or the, padron, is, the, the padron peppers, usually they're, they're fried and uh, salted. Those are, those are amazing as well. So moving on from tapas, because you do so much more at Forte. And, you know, we've done this on my other video series. We've spoken a little bit about mm -hmm. it. Um, about your Eastern European food. So that's why I wanted to concentrate m mainly on the tapas today because we haven't done that. If people want to see more in-depth about the Eastern European food, it's on my website, almancini.net, and you can go to the, um, the Dining Invasion series, and there's a video. Or you, you link to it on your website. But to give people basics, you were born in Bulgaria. I was. Right? And your father has cooked throughout all of Eastern Europe or traveled throughout all of Eastern Europe. He's the chef in the kitchen. Yeah, he, he's the chef. I mean, him and, him and my mother have traveled quite a bit um, on their journey through life. And uh, you know, my dad has cooked since he was a young boy and um, my mom as well. So a lot, of, a lot of the things that they do just come from, from a deep passion from within. So. so what we find on your menu, once we get away from the Spanish tapas, mm -hmm. is we find a large selection of Russian food, mm -hmm. a large selection of Bulgarian food, and then places from various other Eastern European countries, such as? Um, there are some dishes from Georgia, from Serbia, some dishes from Romania here and there. So it's, a, it's you know, pretty extensive regionally where we go different places throughout oh, there. What are the defining characteristics of those types of food? Because I think Americans have a, a misconception about Eastern European food. We think we know the sausages. You know, you can get pretty much anything crushed into a sausage, including those kids from Hostel. I think, but um, yeah. but we really think everything's going to be heavy and very just meat and heavy. And there's so much lighter stuff on your menu. Absolutely, uh, the Bulgarian cuisine, especially and Eastern European cuisine. I guess I think it's just intimidating for most people, just because of the perception, I guess, of the people who occupy those territories. Maybe. <laughs> um, but the food is, is also very rich in flavors. Again, how the Spanish food, all the ingredients, you know, are, are the main character of each cuisine, especially the different salads. And um, so a lot, of, a lot of the food just, just spans from trying to find good ingredients and trying to, to build around that. Um, I know particularly for the, for the meat that we make, uh, as far as charcuterie goes, we use, you know, hormone-free meat and uh, just good products because, like you said, a lot of the stuff, you don't know what's going inside of it. So we want to make sure we know what's in there and that it's a good quality product. There's a lot of dumplings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I noticed I grew up on pierogies, which you, you have various types. You have something called a pierogi, 
but it's not, or it's called something very close to a pierogi, but it's not like a Polish pierogi. No, we used to have a... Uh, everything used to. Everything I like, no, you because, just took off the menu. No, no, because at one point, you know, people, I, uh, the pelmeni, are you talking about pelmeni? No, no, the pelmeni, they had... Are you talking about pierogi? Pierogi, yes. Those, those were a different um, style, again, of the, of the Russian or, you know, that, that area type of dumpling, but it was fried and it was more doughy. Yeah. Um, but we have pelmeni, which are close to the to the pierogies and vareniki again, which are close. Pelmeni, to the I love by the way, and I just had it at another restaurant. If you read, um, pick up this week's City Life, I reviewed it at that Royal Cuisine. Okay. They do a great version. You do a great version. Pelmeni is kind of a, a Russian dumpling, mm -hmm. and what's really beautiful about it is it's a it's a heavy dough, and inside is very densely packed beef generally, so it should be really heavy. It should be exactly what you're expecting yeah. from Eastern European food, except the, the, the spices and the herbs, I shouldn't say spices, the herbs that are used on it are so light and almost springtime-y that exactly. it, it counterbalances the meat and the he heavy meat and the heavy dough, and it gives you this really in incredible contrast. Yeah, and, and for ours especially, we use a little bit of a thinner dough, and um, we use a, a more of a thicker dough for the for the hinkali, but that's when it boils, all the bouillon from the meat actually goes inside of the dumpling itself. Cool. Well, again, you know, I didn't want to get too deep into the Eastern European stuff. I wanted to stick mainly to tapas and kind of the tradition. Yeah. Hopefully educate people a bit about tapas because, you know, it has become one of the most misused words in the American restaurant vernacular, and it does have a great tradition, and part of that tradition is you must drink while you eat it. Absolutely. The other tradition is that you must um, have friends and mm -hmm. share. You know, there's nothing more depressing than being alone in a tapas restaurant. Yeah. So um, you can definitely, you can find out more about um, the Spanish tapas or about Eastern European cuisine. Just hang out at Forte. I mean, sometimes that place looks like it's a you know, a Russian gangster hangout or I, something at night, man. I mean, like, I, I can't, I can't help how people look, you know. No, no, it's great. No, the people are wonderful, and yeah. every, all the customers are friendly. But yeah. you really look like you've kind of just stumbled into some kind of secret society of Eastern Europeans, and it's great. I mean, the customers are great. You do so many great infused brandies mm -hmm. that you do there in house. In, infused vodkas or just brandies? Both, vodkas yeah. and brandies. Mm -hmm. You have one that's like practically a garden salad yeah. of, of brandies. Yeah. So, um, what's that called? The Russian Garden. Russian Garden. And what do you put in the brandy there? Uh, we do cucumbers, tomatoes, dill, garlic, carrots, celery. That's pretty much, so yeah. It's like a salad, people, mm -hmm. but it has booze. Exactly. It's like if you could have your salad course and you get buzzed off of it. It's great. Um, liquid diet. Yeah, you've got you have a couple of big events coming up that I want to talk about. You've got a especially one that I know is really near and dear to your heart. Um, it's to build a Bulgarian community center is is the reason that you're doing this special dinner, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so tell us about the dinner. I uh, hear this is like one of the world-renowned chefs. I'm not familiar with his cooking, so I will be there to check it out. Okay. Give, give us the details, please. Um, well, the event is March 3rd. Um, we have one of the most prominent Bulgarian chefs coming into town. His name is Ruman Idarov. And he, I'm sorry, name again? Rumen Aiderov. Rumen Aiderov. People may want to Google him and yeah. find out who he is. Absolutely. I mean, he, he Try is... Try spelling uh, that, people. He's been the private chef for a lot of uh, dignitaries um, throughout Europe, as well as uh, Vladimir Putin, Angela Merkel. And um, he's, he's actually worked as, you know, an exec chef in Spain in different restaurants. So he has that experience as well. And um, he's actually one of the owners of a very popular restaurant in Bulgaria. But okay, he's so he's coming to your place on mm -hmm. March 
March 3rd. March 3rd. And, and uh, what is he doing? He's, uh, he's actually designed a nine-course menu with Bulgarian wine and brandy pairing um, with some very interesting things that you probably didn't think you would be able to find in the Bulgarian cuisine. Um, but that's what we want to you know, expose people and kind of educate them on Spanish food and Eastern European food and just uh, food in general. And how much is that going to be? It's $120 a seat. And that's for uh, nine courses plus a beverage pairing, correct, wine pairing. Correct. And again, part of the proceeds there are going, explain to people? Yeah, part of the proceeds are going to be going to uh, founding a Bulgarian church and cultural center in Las Vegas. So that is, that is the plan with that, and we hope to be successful. Because you were telling me there's a very large Bulgarian community here in Las Vegas, but Correct. there is no Bulgarian church or Bulgarian cultural center. No, and... Um, they all just hang out at your joint. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I would like to think so, but, you know, uh, there's other places for them to go. There's other churches, of course, but... Um, there's, there's a big population of Bulgarian people in Las Vegas and, um, you know, people in Bulgaria who are very talented and who I think deserve recognition for, for things that they do artistically or musically or, right. or whatever it may be. And you're also starting a farmer's market that will be coming up, right? Yeah. And that starts when? It's um, a, actually at Forte? Yeah. And it'll start when? I'm thinking April. Okay. April is when we'd like to launch that, every Sunday from 10 to 3. And so check, check the website for that. You can get details on that. Seriously, Forte, one of my favorite restaurants. I have to give it up to Max Jacobson, my co-author, who really sort of discovered it in the local community. But um, as soon as he found it, John and I you know, immediately fell in love with it. Yeah. You can read what Max, John, and I all have to say about Forte and about 49 other restaurants by just buying a copy of my book, Damn You, if you don't have it yet. By 10. Yeah, there was somebody in your restaurant reading it the other day. I was so so proud. But yeah, Eating Las Vegas, the 50 essential restaurants, you can get that on Amazon or anywhere you want. Or just come up to me on the street and slip me some money, and I probably have a copy in my trunk that I stole from my publisher at some <laughs> point or another. Um, in the meantime, follow everything that I'm doing, um, including the, the egg dish you can find the picture, or the french fries and eggs that I was telling you about, the huevos, estrelladas. All of that you can find online on my blog. That's almancini.net. You can... Um, you also see the pictures of that Frankie Moreno show that I was telling you about. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's Al Mancini Vegas. I will be back next week. I do not know who I will have, but I promise you it will probably not be any Well, I'm not going to say anything because there may be somebody that I like. But I was going to say probably not as lovely as Nina here. I'll be but back next week. You never know. <laughs> you can come every week. And, you know, it's cool. You just gotta, What's the next topic? Got to bring more brandy, okay. you know. So um, anyway, we'll be back next week. Thanks for watching.